0: And peace be with you. I would like to bring your attention to the bulletin and the announcement sheet. This has been a season, not just a holiday season, but a season of trials and some sadness and also some praises and joy. And so uh, just to bring you up to speed a little bit, we are, um, well, I'm glad to see Jeff and Teresa here today, um, uh, Papa Chuck passed away, uh, and there is a uh, memorial service for him this next Friday, and the information in regards to the, that is in the Narthex, so uh, just want to bring your attention to that and to keep that family in your prayers, and um Chuck is home, and he would say, Oh, it's okay. It's more than okay. He's with his beloved bride, and uh, this, is, this is something that while we do mourn him passing, and he won't be with us right now, um, we will see him one day as he is right now face-to-face with Jesus. Also, uh, there were uh, some other things. Um, our friends uh, Lee and Sharon Lieberg, Lee had his hip replaced, I wasn't supposed to tell anybody that and I wouldn't normally do it, but after his hip was replaced they had a fire at their house, this, all this last week. So fortunately it was in the backyard um, and it was just the shed and Lee and Sharon are fine, so are the cars, <laughs> and we know uh, he's a car guy and she's a car girl. And so just keep them in your prayers. Um, the house, there was, there was damage, but uh, not like we know what a fire can do. So we're uh, grateful that they are safe. We are praying for Lee to uh, recover quickly from this, this hip surgery. And um, the fortunate thing is they do, they have their family, their children are, are nearby. So they are well taken care of. And... There are uh, a series of, uh, series, there are several different announcements that are back on the table there uh, in the Narthex. Uh, We have the schedule for uh, this coming season, Christmas Eve service, uh, the Advent Bible study. So if you're interested in those things, please do go and and sign up there. That would be helpful. I also wanted to read something to you. I'm a real fan of of a man, his name is Chad Bird. Has anyone ever heard of him? Chad Bird. He's a pastor. He he was a pastor, um, but he's a a, a very prolific writer. Uh, He's associated with the Missouri Synod. He graduated from Concordia. He's a doctor. He's very, very bright, and I love what he has to say. So he wrote something this week that I think is apropos for this season that we find ourselves in. And it's titled this, How in God's Name Are We to Prepare for the End of the World? C.S. Lewis has some good advice. He wrote, if we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, Reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts. Let us not be found huddled together like frightened sheep thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that. But they need not dominate our minds. That was on living in the atomic age. Chad goes on to write, in other words... If the end of the world is coming, just keep right on loving those whom God has placed in your life. Make some breakfast for your family. Go to work and serve your customers. Play a game with your children or grandchildren. Call your mom. Corey Ten Boom once said, there is no panic in heaven. She's right. Of course she is. You'll never see Jesus wringing his hands over the antics of politicians. You'll never see him break out in a cold sweat over conspiracies or cataclysms. The old spiritual is right when it says he's got the whole world in his hands. And more importantly, those hands that cradle the world are scarred. And those scars from ancient Roman nails betoken love. The love of God in Jesus is our confidence that when the world seems to teeter on the brink of self-destruction, if he loves us, which he does, then let us love one another, fully confident that whatever goes down, the love of God in Jesus won't let us down we are safe we are secure in the scars of jesus so until the end of the world comes i'm going to keep on thanking god for my family for my friends i'm going to keep coming to church and praying and fulfilling the duties of my vocation Won't you do the same? i mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought word and deed. What do you have done? the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, And for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God, Hallelujah worthy is Christ the lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing And glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God. And join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins, and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16, and can be found on page 1232 in the Pew Bible. In this reading, Jeremiah is referring to the first and second coming of Christ, but more than 600 years before the birth of Christ. So Jeremiah thirty-three fourteen through 16. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line, and he will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous savior. We'll read Psalms 25 uh, 1 through 10 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. This reading's from uh, Psalm is David's Prayer for defense, guidance, and pardon. Psalm 25, 1 through 10. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust
0: in you, do not, nor let my enemies triumph
1: no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause show me your ways lord teach me your path guide me in your truth and teach me for you are god my savior and my hope is in you all day long remember lord
0: your great mercy
1: and love for they are from of old do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me for you, Lord, are good. Good
0: and upright
1: is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way.
0: All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful towards those who keep the commands of his covenant.
1: The next reading is taken from the first book of Thessalonians, chapter three, verses nine through thirteen, and can be found on page eighteen thirty-nine in the Pew Bible. Paul's writing a letter to Thessalonians expressing the joy a Christian feels to see another person come to faith in Christ. First Thessalonians three, nine through thirteen how can we thank god enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our god because of you night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith now may our god and father himself and our lord jesus clear the way for us to come to you may the lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. (coughs) The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 19th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from St. Luke. It is Luke 19, verses 28 through 40, and can be found on page 1631 of your pew Bible. Luke records, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went, and they found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along... People spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. And glory in the highest. Now some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, opportunities calling. This uh, this is the... First Sunday in Advent, and it is a real change of pace. With only a few exceptions, you'll notice that the, uh, during the year, the, the, everything's been green, right? And now, uh, well, at least since Trinity Sunday, it's been green. Now, today, they're blue. And the color change tells us that we are entering a, a different season. Of the church year. In fact, today, this very day, we are starting a whole new church year. The church year has three major parts the time of Christmas, the time of Easter, and the time of the church. The time of Christmas has three seasons. The time of preparation called Advent. Then there's Christmas itself when we celebrate the Son of God becoming human. And then the third part of the season is the Epiphany. And that's when we celebrate the revelation of the God-man Christ Jesus to the world. And the gospel for today, for this first Sunday in Advent, is the account of Jesus as he enters Jerusalem riding on a donkey or a colt, depending on which Bible version you're reading. And he's receiving praise from his disciples and many of the Passover pilgrims, Who had gathered in Jerusalem. Okay, so the question is that many of you may have right now is why has the church assigned this reading for today? You know, this this account is an event that happened just one week before Easter you might even further say shouldn't we be reading about this event during the time of Easter and and not during the time of Christmas? I mean what's going on? Well, actually the account of Jesus triumphal triumphant entry into Jerusalem has much to teach us here here at the beginning of Advent. Now the difficulty is that our culture pushes us into Christmas much too soon. We don't really prepare for Christmas as much as we celebrate Christmas before it actually gets here. We live in a culture that anticipates Christmas so much that Christmas is almost worn out before it gets here. Our culture does that with most holidays and important dates. We celebrate almost everything before it actually happens. This is especially true of Christmas. You notice, I notice, that advertising starts to work its way into our lives shortly after Halloween. It begins to ramp up to its maximum just in time to create all kinds of insanity the day after Thanksgiving. And it proceeds along at a fevered pitch until Christmas Day. And then, on December 26th, my neighborhood, you're going to find some trees out on the curb. Our culture rolls quickly on through New Year's Day, New Year's Day, and then we've got Valentine candy comes, and then we've got all that stuff on our shelves. We've become a nation of anticipators that is almost already quite bored with a holiday before it ever gets here. The idea of preparing for a holiday is not really part of our culture. And the commercial world doesn't help at all here. And that's because the commercial world is really celebrating their own form of Christmas. Christmas is about sales on the day after Thanksgiving. This Christmas is about toys for Good little boys and good little girls and toys that cost money, toys that bring a profit. They are Christmas specials that we've all seen on TV that tell us the message of Christmas is a child's inalienable right to get toys and lots of them. And there are the big toys for the big boys. You've heard the word or the phrase, he who dies with the most toys... Yeah, but he still dies. In the commercial world, all is glitz and lights and the opportunity to stay in business for another year. While the commercial world strives to make a profit on almost any holiday, Christmas, that's the big one. That's the big hit. The traditions of the church... Well, they come from an older time. They come from a time when holidays were savored. A time when holidays had more meaning than just a time to get together and party. I didn't need to say it that way. But it's true. And although we are in the time of Christmas, we are in the season of Advent. Advent which is the season of preparation. And in church tradition, the Christmas season actually starts on Christmas Day, and it continues until Epiphany. And the church savors Christmas for 12 whole days. For the church, preparing for Christmas and celebrating Christmas are two different things. For the church, Advent thinks back to the Old Testament, the time before our Savior was born. It is a time of deep yearning. You see, the slavery of sin oppresses God's people. And God's people know that spiritual darkness and the shadows of death, what they are, they, they wait for the Messiah, the Savior. They wait for God's champion to arrive and roll back the despair of sin. And we join those Old Testament saints as we try to imagine how desperately they looked forward to the Savior who was to come. And we sing with them, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel. Advent is the spark of hope in the darkness of sin. It is the anticipation of rescue from the pit of despair. It is generation after generation of sacrifices that remind us of our sin and also point us forward to the Savior who rescues us from that sin. It is an emptiness that is waiting to be filled The traditional Advent is a time of repentance that prepares us. It prepares us for Christmas in much the same way that Lent prepares us for Easter. It is a time for examining oneself and finding that sin. It is a time to contemplate the idea that we so desperately need God to come into the world and rescue us. Advent prepares us for Christmas by telling us why, why the Son of God needed to take on humanity as a single cell in the womb of the Virgin Mary and why he had to experience the pain of childbirth. Why, for crying out loud, did he choose to be born into poverty? It explains that to us. The Son of God had to become the Son of Man in order to save us from our sin. It is our sin that placed Jesus in the manger just as much as it was our sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. You ever thought of it that way? Our sin put Jesus in that stable, in that manger, just as much as our sin pinned him to that cross. And Mary's miracle pregnancy and Christ's birth were but the beginning steps on the road to that cross. Today's gospel happens to be at the other end of that road, from manger to just a week before being on that cross. This scene of Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey To the praise of the crowds combines the elements of Advent. How? Well, we see the Advent theme of coming as Jesus comes to Jerusalem. We see the fulfillment of the Advent hope, that theme of hope and rescue as God's sacrificial lamb enters the holy city and begins the process of offering himself up as a sacrifice for our sin, my sin, your sin. And Jesus knows full well that he is coming to Jerusalem to keep his appointment with the cross. All of the Old Testament history points forward to the events that begin as Jesus comes to his holy temple in this holy city. Now the crowds, they praise Jesus with the words, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And although these words of praise are absolutely true, it is very likely, very likely that the crowds had no idea why these words were true. They had no idea what Jesus was about to do that would make these words come true. The idea that this man's death would bring life to all people was not even a thought that entered their minds. Jesus was coming into their lives, and they didn't know why. Jesus still comes to us. He comes when we hear the word. He comes as those who are baptized confess their sins and receive the very forgiveness that Jesus earned for us with his death on the cross. He comes to us at the altar when we eat his body and drink his blood for the forgiveness of sin. And as Jesus comes to us, he brings heaven with him. For where Jesus is, there is heaven. And one week after Jesus entered Jerusalem, he rose from the dead. This event is the central event of the time of Easter. It is also an event that reminds us of the way that Jesus will come again. With his resurrection, Jesus opened up the way to eternal life. This is a promise, and this promise of eternal life leads us to his future coming, his coming in the clouds with glory. When he comes, he will gather together all of those who believe in him, and he will take them to live with him forever. That is the promise that he gave us. Advent is a time of preparation. It is preparation for the coming of the King of Kings. We prepare for three comings. The first preparation helps us remember what Jesus did for us in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And the second helps us prepare for the way he comes to us now in the means of grace. And the third, prepares us for the time that He takes us home to be with Him forever. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit prepares us for all three comings by creating and sustaining faith in us. And by that faith, We believe in the one who gave himself for us on the cross. By that faith, we receive the benefits of his coming to us now in his word. And by that faith, we look forward to the day when we shall see Jesus face to face in heaven. Our Redeemer comes, he came. And he is coming again. And he sends the Holy Spirit to prepare us for his coming. He says in Revelation 22, verse 20, he says this, Surely I am coming soon. And God's people reply, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: Like me I once was lost But now I'm found I was blind
0: Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith together by the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. To you, O Lord... We lift up our souls, and in you we put our trust. Do not let us be ashamed of our hope, but come quickly. Sustain us by your Holy Spirit, that we may have joy at the advent of Christ our Savior. Lord, in your mercy, we praise you, O Lord of hosts. You have fulfilled your promise of salvation by sending Jesus to suffer your just wrath on the cross, that we might be declared righteous in your sight. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, bless pastors in their proclamation of your word, and preserve us in our baptismal grace, that your Son might always be our righteousness. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of all, your Son declared that if his disciples ceased praising him, the very stones would cry out, receive our thanks that you continue to preserve your word among us, even in a world that opposes your name, grant us tongues that joyfully declare your praise. Lord, in your mercy, O Lord our King, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, and steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Watch over the authorities of our land and grant that they govern justly so that we may live in peace as we proclaim your love and faithfulness. Lord, in your mercy, We give thanks to you, O God, that as you establish our hearts blameless in holiness before you, so you also provide for all of our needs in this body and life. Hear our earnest prayers for those who are in need of your mercy as we mention them in our hearts or out loud right now. Comfort all who mourn until the coming of our Lord, Jesus, with all his saints. Lord, in your mercy, almighty God and Father, direct the way of all who travel. Protect them on their way. Preserve them from loss and complication and grant them success in their journey and joy upon their return home. Lord, in your mercy, blessed are you, O Lord, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, who came in your name to save us from sin and death. And as he visits us this day with his body and blood under the bread and wine, give us penitent hearts that are worthily welcome his coming and rejoice in his gifts of forgiveness, life and salvation. Lord, in your mercy, and holy God, you declared that the days were coming when you would accomplish our salvation, and in your time you caused your Son, the righteous branch, to spring up for David. And by your grace, keep us joined as branches to Christ that we might bear fruit until the day he returns in glory. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge the world in righteousness. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, Shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, His resurrection and His glorious coming again. Let's now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us, our Father. You may be seated. This meal, this gift, this means of grace forgives sins. It secures and rescues, rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. And it's not just bread, and it's not just wine, it's His. Body and his blood that is present in these simple elements. That's how God works. It's kind of crazy when we talk about a manger, but isn't it just like our Father in heaven to use a baby to rescue the world? And he did. And so your confession, and I've heard it, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he says, Take and eat. And he says, Take and drink. So he's calling you to his table, and there's always room. For everyone at God's table, come, it is prepared. a new year let's savor the season let us be in preparation for the true meaning of the season that we are in may us always be looking expectantly to his coming may we not live in fear but should the end come may we be doing what we should be doing well, should. Don't you should. Let us be about the things of Christ. Loving our families. Being thankful for what he has done on our way to Bible study. Let us be about that. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, our closing is, you carried me.
2: You are welcome in this place, holy God of our faith. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this place. Come, fill our hearts up. Come, fill our hearts up with your
3: i <laughs>